Welcome to the What I Love About Men podcast. I'm your host, Steph Ganowski. After having multiple negative experiences with men, I started to believe all men were toxic. That is, until a few male strangers challenged my belief completely. This made me realize that a major problem with men in relationships stems from the fact that most men don't really love themselves or pay enough attention to their own strengths. I want to change that. Now I'm on a mission to help men thrive mentally, emotionally, physically, and sexually in their relationships with themselves and with women. So stay tuned and see how my passion can help you as a man. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode on the What I Love About Men podcast. Today's episode is making you guys aware that you can't stay in a relationship with her out of fear, out of fear that you might lose her, out of fear she might leave you. Because the moment you stay in a relationship based on fear, that is the, mo- that is the same moment you lose all of control in your life, you stop prioritizing yourself, and that goes along with your health your your wealth, your happiness, your your own personal social relationships that don't involve your partner. And all of those things goes out the, out the door because you create this desperation of I need to please her so that she doesn't leave. And you put most of your energy towards that. And when your energy is turned to desperate and is then thrown in her face as desperateness, first of all, she's going to catch on and say, okay, I guess I have all the power here now. Second, it's not going to be attractive. So at the same time when she realizes she has the power over you now, that's the moment she loses respect for you and therefore attraction to you as far as sexual desire. Then she'll stop having sex with you. You know, you think it's a manipulative thing, but it's really just simply loss of attraction. And then this is a snowball effect to you communicating less because you're afraid of making her mad because then she might leave you because that's your whole intention. You're, you're living your relationship based on that fear, right? And she is just getting what she needs out of the relationship based on knowing she has the power and the control. And she's also not attracted and actually makes her want to leave you more. So you're doing nothing but really pushing her further when you act on fear. And I know I just threw a lot at you right now. (laughs) It doesn't necessarily mean all of that's going to happen when you react based on fear, but I'm telling you the potential of what could happen and what I've seen happen with a lot of men in relationships. Guys who reach out to me and they say, look, I feel like I'm just desperate for her and she doesn't seem to like that. (laughs) You know, that never works. That desperate neediness never works. And although it may feel like it would work, because you want to hold on to her and you want to show her, look, I'm not, um, I'm staying here. I'm always by your side. Like, I'm here for you. I don't, don't see anybody else. Don't talk to anybody else. And it turns into this thing where it's just, she's, she's just like, grow the fuck up, man up. And this is your time. If this is your wake up call and you need to hear this, this is your time to man up and take ownership over the fact that you can't control what she does but you can control your own life, which in turn controls what she does. So you don't have direct control over her leaving you or not. That's out of your hands. And whenever we focus too much on what we can't control, that's when we get anxiety. That's when anxiety creeps in, is when we get obsessed with the things that are not within our power and could never possibly be in our power. 
That's why today, like with COVID going on, guys, their anxiety has gone through the roof because of the fact there's so little we can do um, in terms of this. I mean, there's a lot we could do personally, but as far as controlling this global pandemic, like one individual can't do much besides focusing on themselves and staying inside and staying away from other people and keeping themselves healthy, right? So you feel like this powerlessness, but focusing on the powerlessness makes you more feel more powerless and more anxious because you want to do something, but you can't. And deep down, you know you can't. This is the same thing. And I always tell my clients, do not focus on what you can't control. I always remind them, okay, what in the situation do you have control over? Okay, so knowing that you have control over that one thing, what's the first step you have to take towards getting what you want out of the situation that would benefit the both, the both of you or would benefit you, you know, whatever their goal might be. But the focus always needs to start on, okay, what are your options? What are you in control over? And what's the first step? Because that clears everything up. And especially in an instance like this where you're, you have this fear of losing your relationship, you have to remind yourself where your power is. What, are you, what do you have control over? Okay, because you don't have control over her walking out the door. She could do whatever she wants. But you have control of you, over your actions, your beliefs, and the way you carry yourself as a man in, in that relationship. All right, so, and this is one of the things I talk about in my new program, which is about to launch soon called the Effective Communication Method for Men. So it's just for you guys, obviously, still working only with men. And this is one of the things we cover within this program, within this course. Because it's so, you guys will have fears, you know, like you're, you're men, sure, but you have emotions and you have fears. And most of the time, your fears are around the fact you can't emotionally communicate as confidently as you would like. So with effective communication, which is what I want to implement into the everyday, the average guy's vocabulary, language, communication, um, or connection, that's what I meant to say, the more you guys will feel confident and the more you can feel in control and powerful in not only the logical sense, but the emotional sense as well. Okay? And it's not gaining power over one person. It's gaining power over yourself is essentially what it is. Because when you're in a relationship, if you're feeling a certain way about the other person, most likely it's a reflection of you and your insecurity. Okay? That's why they say the people who are most afraid of being cheated on have either cheated themselves, right? Or have been cheated on multiple times in the past. So they've shared that. They've There's something that's very personal and deeply rooted in them of why they have that fear. They're personally connected to it. Okay, so the neediness usually has to do with fear of abandonment. Okay, so it's not so much just a fear of her walking away, it's fear of another important person leaving you that maybe happened early on in your life that scarred you and stuck with you and now triggers you as an adult because you don't want to feel that pain again. But you have to realize, and I was telling my client this the other day, that 
you have an adult way of thinking now that you didn't have when you first experienced that deeply rooted pain. So a great way to a great way to look at the things that maybe trigger you is to call out call it out from your adult brain and say, "Okay, how is this affecting me now? What am I concerned with now?" And I was telling my client, this is a very important question. What am I concerned with now? Because your child brain can't respond to that question. Your child brain wants to say, I'm mad, I'm angry, I'm sad. Okay, but your adult brain, the more advanced part of your brain, will know how to answer a question of what you're concerned about now. So when you say, I fear, or maybe it is abandonment, and you say, I fear being abandoned, Ask yourself, why am I so afraid of abandonment? Did someone leave me before? Did someone abandon me before? What did that feel like when it happened to me the first time? Okay, or even moving, you know, putting yourself in the situation you're in currently. What do I think is going to happen? What do I fear actually happening if I am abandoned again? What would I do if I was? And it's just exploring it and calling it out. Because the more you call something out that you're afraid of, the more you face it head on, the less scary it is. The more strength you have to tackle it, the more confidence you have. You know, like I said, facing it head on and actually doing something about it. Because so often we just run from, we run from fear and we don't face it and we don't think about it and we don't weigh the, the pros and cons of the situation and therefore we can't deal with it. We just keep running. And when you keep running away from the snowball, it grows bigger, right? So whatever you resist persists, whatever you keep saying no to or trying to escape from, it will always show up again. So you got to face it. And maybe this is facing your words, the way you talk to yourself. Because I know that there's a lot of you, this is a major thing, where you self-criticize and you say certain things to yourself that you would never let a friend or someone else talk to you like that, but you'll say it to yourself. And it's time to become aware of what that inner voice is saying. Okay? Because that's what's that's where all of your beliefs are coming from. They're hanging on, they're coming from that voice that's the leader. So next time you have like next time you have a thought of, okay, she's gonna leave you, you're a piece of shit, you're not good enough for her. I want you to just Think of that voice as a wounded child, okay? It's not like, it's not a bully. It's not the the real part of you. If there's anything that's causing you pain, any type of voice or inner feeling causing you pain, that's not your authentic self. So just throw that out the door. That's not your true self, okay? Whatever's calling you pain, whatever causing you, whatever's causing you pain, you want to face. And it doesn't mean you argue with it. It means you accept that the voice is there and you respond back as if it's hurt because only hurt people hurt people. 
So anything that's causing you hurt verbally in your mind is hurt. It's pain. So you want to look at that voice or listen to it and just respond and say, all right, like, I know, I know you're afraid, but I'm going to do my best to be confident in this situation. And then right away, ask yourself, okay, what do I have to do to feel more confident in this situation? What exactly do I have to say and do to feel more confident? See in this instance how you're acknowledging the voice that's trying to talk you out of it. You're acknowledging it. You're saying, no, that's not for me. I want this. So you're transferring to how you want to feel. You want to feel confident. And then you're giving your body and your mind something to think about doing confidently and then acting upon confidently. And this is how you start a new habit. This is how you start a new voice. When you don't keep fighting the voice in your head, you don't shut it down or say, all right, like sometimes like I'll get a thought and I'll just be like, ah, fuck off, Debbie. Like (laughs) I named my voice. So my name's my voice. My negative voice's name is Debbie, like Debbie Downer. So I know. So original. But um, <laughs> but I chose Debbie. So just be like, fuck off, Debbie. Not today. Seriously. Like, you're distracting me. And I'll just joke about it. Like, it's not like a fuck you, Debbie. <laughs> it's like, I'll, um, I'll acknowledge it, though. Like, I don't just throw it aside and say, okay, I didn't just say that. That didn't just happen. <laughs> like, I'll say, all right, there's, there's a voice in my head that's not being so nice right now. I know it's, an, it's a wounded part of me that's just terrified. Honestly, that's all it is. Because... These voices and our thoughts are a survival mechanism to keep us safe. So even if it sounds terrible, in a way, it's trying to shield us from something or from experiencing that pain again. So if the voice has to be mean in order for you to not feel the pain again, it will. Okay, so you want to look at it with compassion and respond with compassion. So most of the time I'll say, I don't always tell Debbie to fuck off, but like sometimes I'll just say, all right. I can see I can see why you're feeling this way. And there's power, guys, by the way, psychologically, there's power in naming that voice so that you you detach it from yourself. Okay? This way it's not it doesn't feel like such a part of you. You're detaching it. So Debbie is not Stephanie. You know? So by removing that voice from me, I can acknowledge it as another thing that I can feel compassion for and speak to much easier. So I'll say, you know, Debbie, I know you're, I know you're hurt by this. It's probably because this happened to you. You know, I remember that. That did really hurt. That sucked. And, um, but that doesn't, doesn't mean it's going to happen again in this situation. And if it does happen again in this situation, I'm an adult now, so I know how to handle it. This is what I'm going to do. And in a way, you're training yourself and you're training your subconscious to react differently the next time something happens. And little by little, that belief shifts, okay, because you've trained yourself to, to flip that emotional thought process whenever you hit, whenever you hit it. Instead of dwelling in the pain of that voice and just accepting it and, I mean, accepting it and then going with it. You're accepting it, but then you're not go- You're deciding what you want. And that's the power, guys, is really getting more clear on what you want in situations. Because so often when you're in a shitty one, all you can do is dwell on this shit. And it's so hard to 
get your mind for most of you on what you want, on describing what you want. You need to know as clearly as your shitty situation is, as clearly as you are on that, and as sure as you are on that situation, I want you to be just as sure on what you want for yourself. It can't be like, like, oh, I feel like, um, I, I feel like she's going to abandon me. She's going to leave. And then I'm going to be alone. I'm going to be this lonely guy who ends up forever. I'm like, blah, blah, blah. Or not even like thinking into the future, but maybe even just your present situation. Like, like, oh, I'm just, I wake up and I'm unhappy and I just can't get into a good routine and I can't stay motivated. And I'm just always all over the place. And my thoughts are all over and I can't lose weight and I'm getting fatter. And I'm, I feel like a fat sack of shit. Who's just not going anywhere. And this and that. I'm giving you an extreme example, obviously. Um, but maybe this is you. Hey, I just had a phone call with someone where this was him. And you're going through all these things and you're, cl- you're so clear on everything you're dissatisfied with. And then I'll ask, all right, well, what do you want your situation to look like right now? And it's like, well, I just want it to be good. I want to be happy. And I'm like, that's it. that's all you got and that just explains to me like this is why your brain is so fixated and your actions are all turned towards this thought process because that's all you fucking think about and that's what you know best and that's what you're clearest on okay and when you're that clear on what you don't want and when you're that focused on it guess what you're gonna get more of it because that's what the brain knows best You're training yourself to think that way. You're training yourself to act accordingly to those thoughts. So why would your brain do anything otherwise? Why would you think happy thoughts when that's what you're thinking? There's no room for happiness in that obsessive thought process of negativity. Okay? But you got to know what you want. you got to get clear on it. And once you're clear on it, you need to have a plan of action so that your mind is doing something different and your body's doing something different. We're habitual creatures. Okay, we need to, if we're in a habit, if we have a habitual lifestyle pattern, the only way to shift it is to replace it with a different one because you still have a life, you know, you gotta, you gotta replace it with something. If it's not going well, you gotta replace it with something that would go well. And this is what I help guys do. And this is why I created the effective communication method because there's so many guys in their relationships who were just either living in fear and therefore avoiding argumentation or not even argumentation, just avoiding just emotional talks that don't even necessarily have to lead to argumentation, but they're just terrified of it leading there because they don't feel secure or confident enough to handle that type of conversation. And then shit gets worse and worse when you can't handle emotional conversations because that's when she gets fed up You know, that's when you guys don't feel as connected because you're not, you're not opening up emotionally. So she can't connect to you the way that she needs to. You feel like something's lacking in the relationship slower by little by little. You're stopping. You're not having sex anymore. You don't want to question it because you don't want to open that emotional conversation to ask her why. So you're getting distraught because you're not, you're not getting laid. She's upset. She's not feeling loved. There's less intimacy overall. You can't even hug each other anymore because it's awkward. And this this all stems from lack of effective communication. This is what creates these little conflicts that turn into these major problems that automatically lead to divorce. 
And I'm not saying it's the guy's fault. I'm not saying, you know, divorce is because men can't communicate emotionally. That's not what I'm saying. But it's a big part of why you guys, um, when it is a man's, when it is the guy's fault, and I think it's, I don't necessarily think it's anyone's fault. I think it's, I think it's both people's faults for the most part, right? Like it takes two to tango. It takes two in a relationship. But if you don't open up, then yeah, most likely it's going to, it's going to go down the shitter. So there's a difference between being a softy, weak, vulnerable, like pussy is probably what you guys think is emotional communication and being an emotional communicator who is strong, decisive, and confident. And I created a whole blueprint to teach you guys how to do it that way so that you can save your relationship if it is going near the shitter. I just use that expression because I'm talking to guys and I hear you guys say that sometimes. <laughs> um, or, you know, if you are just trying to be preventative, if you're trying to prevent anything from any type of ineffective communication from occurring, knowing that it will lead to conflict because it will. And conflict will come anyway, guys. Like whether a relationship is in a good place or not, there will be conflict. So you need to know how to address it in the way that's healthiest for both you and your partner and will keep you together long term. All right, so that is the effective communication method. Um, Obviously, I just like touched on it a tiny bit. I'm going to do another episode that extensively goes into the program and what exactly I'll help you with. I'll also be talking about it more on my Instagram. So go head over to my Instagram if you're not following me there at Steph Ganowski, S-T-E-P-H. G-A-N-O-W-S-K-I, and you'll be hearing a lot more about that. Anyway, guys, that is it. That is today's episode. So like I said, check that out. If you want to join the wait list for the effective communication method, I will leave that link below. This way you will get more information as it comes and you'll be the first to know when I open for enrollment. So do that as well. And Right, got a call in 10 minutes, so I gotta run. That's it, guys. Have an amazing morning, evening, or night, wherever you are in the world, and I will talk to you soon.